Hello everyone, and welcome to the first episode, or I guess episode zero, of our new podcast. I'm here today with two of my very good friends, Juno and Mac. Hello. What's up, guys? So why don't we just, I guess because it's episode zero, uh, introduce ourselves and just talk about who we are, what our channels are, the content that we make and stuff, and maybe also what this podcast is going to be. I'll start since I don't have much to say. Um, I'm only just getting in the content creation. Uh, my first video should be dropping pretty soon. It actually should be out by the time uh, this recording goes up. You can check that out uh, on my channel, Mac. Um, it's about the mobile gotcha game, Another Eden, uh, which I feel is horribly underappreciated for how much love is put into the content that they make. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to basically do discussion type videos, reviews, and uh, the occasional hot take, you know, spice things up. <laughs> yeah. Fun facts and hot takes. Yep, yep. Ooh. All right, me next. Um, Juno Spite, I changed my username a lot, but this is what I'm rocking right now. I would like to say I'm a content creator, but I'm not really. Uh, I've, I've made videos in the past, I used to stream. I'm currently working on a long-form video about Neon White. It's this uh, speedrunning game with cards. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mostly play multiplayer games. I play a lot of Final Fantasy XIV. I'm a very big MMO uh, guy. But uh, I, I, like, I like all kinds of video games. I like RPGs. RPGs. Uh, you play Resident Evil. I play Resident Evil. Yeah, I played some Resident Evil. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really that great at uh, describing what kind of video games I'm in because it just ends up being like mm -hmm. the music mm -hmm. equivalent of. Well, I like everything except like insert thing here. Yeah, I listen to alternative. Yeah, I kind of just play whatever looks interesting to me. I'm very interested into older, more obscure games. Big Suda Fifty One fan. And um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's me. I guess Hell yeah. I'll go last. Then <laughs> I'm Arkree, of course. This is also going up on my channel. I am probably, I guess, the biggest content creator out of them, since I do have a few videos on my channel from like longer and scripted game reviews and discussions, like my Tales of Arise one. And I also make smaller discussion videos on whatever I kind of feel like talking about, with Summer Games Fest or State of Plays or just whenever something interesting happens, I guess. Uh, lately, because Persona 3 hype, I also make a lot of Persona 3 videos. But I guess that's about it. I'm also kind of like Juno in that I just play a lot of different things, whatever I feel like at the moment. But mostly JRPGs and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's us, and now, because we're, we've been good friends for a while now, and we kind of just decided to do a podcast together. I don't know if any of you have anything more to add to that. For me, I just like podcasts in general, I listen to a lot of them, and I just thought it would be fun to be on one and make one myself. So, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's, um... I'm gonna show this. I'm going to show this to my mom and say, hey, you were wrong. Yeah. I made something of myself. And then she's going to be like, I'm not listening to that shit. I'll be like, okay. Um, Sorry, mom. Okay, well, so uh, what do we think we're going to we're gonna make this podcast about? Um, 
Okay, so ever, for everyone at home, we made a list of uh, things that we could potentially talk about. Our idea was kind of just a chill podcast um, where you get to, I don't know, just listen in on us talk about the current state of affairs involving video games. Also, just so kind of a, politics. Yeah, we're, we're a politics <laughs> channel. We all that <laughs> video game talking. We we talk about politics on this podcast. Hello, no, um, yeah, I don't know. I would say uh, it's also just about us, but you guys don't really know us, so yeah, we just talk about video games. I guess we can also branch out into some other things. Like I don't know, we're all pretty into anime or manga, so I feel like that might get brought up every now and then. Yeah, we're all very so we. Just that whole, we um. Know, all three of us combined cover a wide array of you know video games, uh, anime, manga, just media in general. I think there's a lot of us. A lot of us. Yeah, there's a lot for us to talk about. That is what I meant to say. Eesh. I feel like this podcast can work because we're also all we are into different things, even though we do have the same general interest. So. Feel like we can have some good discussions on stuff. Mm-hmm. Look forward to our three-part episode on One Piece. Oh God, uh, coming! It's gonna be incredible. <laughs> it's gonna be incredible. We'll tell Just you why. Uh, why Gear Five is better than Super Saiyan? And so, one day we'll get Chuno to watch it. Um, we didn't mention the name yet, did we? No, we didn't. Uh, what do you guys think? So Jamcast is kind of what we. We had just as a filler just to have a name period but um i don't know i don't really mind it that much i think jamcast is pretty cool very funny like that know. all of the beginning of our usernames create the word jam i will say that uh i'm a little scared there's like a big like such podcast uh, called jamcast you know in like russia or something yeah and they're gonna just get gonna hit with like wall. dmca yeah yeah <laughs> What should our, but, uh, our you know, we'll see. what should our logo be? Yeah. I was thinking like a sandwich with like peanut butter and jam. Oh, peanut butter oh. and jam. Peanut butter and oh, jam. Oh shit. Cast. Yeah. Could just be a piece of toast with like jelly on it too. That too, but sandwiches. Are I know the jelly. European would like that more. Ooh, true, your beans and toast. <laughs> it's okay. Um... Yeah, we could put beans and jam. Oh no, uh, <laughs> beans and jam. I'm not from the UK. It's not because I'm from Europe. That's like the, the same thing. So yeah. The Jamcast, I think it's a pretty catchy name, so I feel like we'll probably keep it if, yeah, no big podcast has it, or I guess if we come up with something else, something better along the way. But for episode one zero, this episode, we decided on having the main topic be more of an introduction kind of thing. Like, in the next episodes, we can talk about something interesting that's happening in games or manga or whatever, just something that we want to talk about. But for a first episode, I thought it would be kind of a good idea to not get to know each other, because we've known each other for a while now, but for the people who are listening to get to know us. So we thought we would talk about our favorite games, our top trees, and just kind of have a talk about them. Like... Everyone can say what they like about the game, but we can also have a discussion about it. Like, if someone played one of these games and has, like, a different opinion on it, it can make for something interesting. Yeah, feel free to uh, to comment down below on this podcast if you agree or disagree with any of us. Uh, if you disagree with me, you know, I'll, I'll be glad to reply, calling you various names. Yeah, I was about to so, say. Uh, yeah. 
You'll just start arguments with people. That's basically what you just <laughs> open invitation to fight Mac is what he just offered. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I will fly you out to San Diego. Uh, I know a gym with a boxing ring, uh, and yeah, we could we could throw down. Wow. Um. Incredible. All right, top three then, huh? Let's talk about them. How are we gonna do this? Is everyone just gonna say their top three, or is everyone gonna do like? one game and then everyone does the second game i think it should be kind of like a presentation where we each go not and just real quick like this is my top three uh number one is this or number three is this because of this and this number two is this because of blah 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 you know just like really quickly i think we should go we should all do our number three i'll do our number two i'll do our number one right but we want to talk about them right yeah, but yeah, I yeah. I mean, if everyone says they're a game, like if I say my number three, and then we can talk about it, and then Max is his number three. Okay, or... I like yeah. that. Yeah, I like that. I don't want just want one person to be talking for like fifteen minutes yeah. about their entire okay. list. Yeah, we'll exactly. do that. We'll do like that. that. Yeah, that's why I was saying it's like also... go like real short. But I like that idea more. Yeah. Let's do that. But it's also not Robin. just like you talking about it for fucking fifteen minutes. We'll discuss about it. So okay, thinking like Shoot a podcaster. Exactly. Juno, your name starts with a J, just like Chancast. You go first. Alright. Let me open my backlog, because I got a goldfish memory. Bro, you didn't make any notes for this? Not my top three. No, I forgot. How are you not a professional podcaster? Okay, it's fine. My number three <laughs> video game. Alright? My number three video game. Uh, this is hard, because I have a lot of favorite video games. And, you know, like both of you, I have trouble discerning what is in my top three. I'm just going to say it out flat. I don't. My third favorite video game of all time is Neon White, which is why I'm making a video about it. Whoa. It's very stylish. It's cool. And, you know, Machine Girl's music is just really fucking good. I haven't listened to that soundtrack yet. It's good, man. Is it that bopping? I love it. Does it make you want to speedrun? I'm listening to it right now. That's that's impressive. Yeah, OBS I don't can't pick it up. So that's fine. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually know a lot about Neon White. Like, what is it about? I know that's like a very movement-based game. So, it? it's kind of... not exactly the most story-heavy title. Uh, this there is a story that's there. A lot of people think it's very bad. I don't think they were trying to do much with it in the first place. Um, but you know, it's there. It's essentially about the main character, White. He is, you know... His name is White? Yeah, he's, his name's White. He goes to hell, and, uh, you gotta kill demons to, uh, earn your freedom. Or, he doesn't go to hell. He, um, is tasked with angels. Like, these angels, they tell him to kill demons. And if he kills enough demons, he gets to go to heaven. And then these angels make a whole game out of it. So there's a bunch of other neons there. That's what they're called. And whoever kills the most de uh, demons gets to go to heaven. But it becomes more about, like, the group's past. But yeah. It's gameplay is what really uh, shines. Yeah, yeah. It's so... Literally the only thing I know about that game is that uh, Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop does the main character's yeah, voice. He voices and they had him saying a lot of funny Ooh. shit. Yeah. Um, the game, it's a game that wants you to speedrun it. It's very, you know, very fast. It if you're somebody who isn't into speedrunning games, I think you still enjoy this. I'm not someone who has ever really speedrun anything, 
but I found myself trying to get uh, ace medals on every single level, uh, and I wouldn't progress <laughs> until I got all three medals. Even when the hackers uh, have like point zero yeah, like zero one seconds. Yeah, like two milliseconds. No, I don't try to beat other people's times, but uh, I was trying to beat my own time every time. So I got pretty competitive, and it's it's just it's just good, man. Like the soundtrack, like I said, is Machine Girl. I've been a fan of Machine Girl even before then. Um, I would like to say I own some of his vinyls, but I fucking don't because they're impossible to find. <laughs> but yeah. That's, I don't know. All right, somebody else go. Arker, you go. You're a. Oh, true. Okay, my number three is Bloodborne. I didn't actually have a hard time making my top three because my top three is pretty, like, stuck. It doesn't move very often, but or like I guess some games in the top three move around, but my top three has been my top three for a while. And Bloodborne has been there ever since I first beat it really long ago. I think I got it like a year after it came out. And I just really, really like it. Especially because I didn't expect to like it. It's not the type of game that I would be playing before that at all. I just came free with my PlayStation 4 when I bought it. And <laughs> when I when I wanted to trade it in the game and play the game. It comes free with your fucking PlayStation. <laughs> so you at first were not interested in Bloodborne, and now it's your number no, three. No, I was not. It, it was just buy a play. It was like in a sale at my game store. It was yeah. like buy a PlayStation 4, you get the collector's edition or like deluxe edition of it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want this game. Can I trade it in? And they were like, yeah, we'll give you five bucks. And I was like, I'm not trading this in for five bucks. I'll just like play it and see. And then I really liked it. the atmosphere, the combat, the bosses. There's a lot of stuff that I just really like about it. It's also the first Souls game I played them, so I was like, holy shit, there's a shortcut. <laughs> I opened the door and I'm back at the bonfire. Holy shit. Fuck. Oh, man. Yeah, I love that game. Uh, whenever I lost to a boss and had to spend 10 minutes getting blood vials, that was my favorite. Exactly. It was so fun to just run through yarn <laughs> on the same street. <laughs> the blood vials. I wish I could play more Bloodborne, but I uh, don't have a console. True. The criminal yeah. that I haven't ported it yet. Yeah. PlayStation's got Bloodborne by the balls. They're, uh, that's their baby. They'll do it one day. One day. It's at it's least cool. leaving the PS4. On fucking Juno's deathbed, they'll finally <laughs> release it on PC. Yeah. Team like, always oh, dead, he can't enjoy it. <laughs> no, you'll have just enough time to get to, like, Cleric Beast or whatever. Yeah, I'll have just enough time to catch up to where I last left off, like, years ago. <laughs> and die before I see anything new. How far did you get into it when you played it years ago? Bloodstarved Beast, I think. Oh, okay. Well, that's further than the first boss, so... Yeah, yeah. That's where a lot of people get filtered. Yeah, true. Uh, Bloodstarved... I killed Bloodstarved Beast, and, uh... What's his name? Father? his name? Father Gascoigne. Yeah. Him and the Bloodstarved yeah. Beast. I beat three bosses total, I think. Maybe four. Oh, you know, I think the Witches was the furthest I got. Maybe to witches. I think so. Hardest boss of the game. I don't oh my god. <laughs> witches probably, and then that was it. That's a good subtopic, actually. What was your favorite boss, Arkery, in Bloodborne? 
Oh god, what was my favorite boss? Hi. What the fuck was my favorite boss? I don't know, I like a lot of the bosses. I can't actually think of one favorite from the top of my mind. I like. Was it Maria? The... Yeah, I like her. I don't think she's my favorite. I also really like the. What's her name? The the nurse one. Murgos, but nurse. Oh, like the wet nurse. Cool she's annoying. Ooh, the nah, wet nurse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My favorite was uh, Ludwig, I think. The guy with the moonlight sword. Dude, when he pulled out the moonlight sword in that fight, I, I like was pointing at my TV, like Dude, mouth wide yeah. open, like, oh, <laughs> the sword, the sword. So yeah, I, I didn't know what that was, so I was just like, yo, it's a sword. I haven't mm -hmm. um played most of the game, but I've seen a lot of it. I've seen a lot of the cool bosses, so I, I do know what kind of bosses like are in the game. Um I remember watching like streamer reactions to Ludwig uh Ludwig like phase two when he pulled yeah. out the sword and yeah. just being like that is the coolest shit ever. He was a really good boss. Like all the DLC bosses are really good because Maria is also a DLC boss. So. Oh yeah, the Celestial emissaries, dude, they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was so were they the DLC ones? I'm talking about the ones like in the garden that summon the meteors. I where did DLC? <laughs> it was a side boss. I don't know if it was a DLC boss. So. Actually, not yeah, sure yeah. About that. They might have been. So I remember there were the aliens in that one church, and that was actually main game. That led to Ebrietas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That boss, that was like the hardest one in the game for yes, me. Yes, that's one of the hardest. Okay, good. I'm not alone. Because every time I mention somewhere else, people are like, oh, that boss wasn't hard. But that took me <laughs> forever. I feel like that's the case with every Souls. Like, There's always just like the one boss that everyone gets stuck on. Like when uh, Elden Ring came out. Uh, Fire Giant. You guys remember Fire Giant? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember surprisingly, like, being stuck on that boss, and then I learned that other people also had a tough time with that boss. Yeah. I mean, the one Elden Ring boss that was, like, the most talked about one for being too hard, or just hard, was definitely Millennia. Yeah, Millennia. No, I fucking... I used every, like, cheese in the book to beat her. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, my build was, like, anti-Millennia when I played Elden Ring, so she only you took me like an hour or two hours. Mm. Yeah. And much harder time with the uh, final boss. Radigan and Elden fucking beast. What a terrible <laughs> boss. True. I remember being in VC when you were doing that. You were <laughs> I was so angry. I was in tears, dude. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. The later half of Elden Ring, I just got so fed up with Greatsword because that's what I use normally. This is a Greatsword build, but Greatsword's had... Great Swords were just really bad at the beginning of the game, and then eventually they got buffed, but at uh, the beginning of the game's launch. But I eventually went to Magic, and I just Comet, or whatever, I forget it's called, with the Comet, Comet Azor. Azor. Yeah, yeah, Comet Azor. And I just fucking blasted through everything. I could do that for Radagon, Elden Beast. Yo, the Hell yeah. Elden Beast was honestly kind of a shit final boss. It was okay. It feels like it was, it was made for Torrent. Like, it felt, yeah, you know what that's I mean? what I was yeah. going to say. It feels like Torrent was so in epic. mind when designing that boss arena. Because it's such a huge Dude. fucking arena. Imagine yeah, he has like a move where you got to hit him. And the only way to get to him is to platform with Torrent and double jump. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that'd make it yeah. too gimmicky. But... <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. I wasn't It'd be serious. Cool if, like, Torrent so, like, definitely should have been there. 
Because also he has that like Elden Star move that shoots all those stars at you, and it's just kind of yes. awkward running away from them. It feels like that it's actually to be took uh, that took no hit runners like weeks to figure out how to dodge, which is like insane because they've been playing, you know, Souls games forever, dodging yeah. every attack, and they couldn't figure out how to dodge Elden Stars forever. Yeah, I feel uh, like that boss would have maybe been too easy with torrent and that's why they took him out because it did really just feel like it was made to have him there but there must be a reason that i chose to not include him mm-hmm. well what it i think because radagon is like perfect yeah i was gonna say what i yeah, think is true. they should add like they should like in my mind they add torrent to phase two right which makes it kind of more of a victory lap you know and then make mm-hmm. radagon harder yeah. so it's like oh i beat radagon now you know Elden Beast. This is it, yeah, but it's just yeah, a victory lap. Really you know, long. like you use torrent most yeah. of the time, and it can, you can mm-hmm. die, but it's like, you know, the hard part's over. Yeah, true. That would have been cool, but to end know. that side. Track. Now it's over. Uh, Matt, yeah, this is the Souls cast. Uh, that was episode zero. <laughs> that's cool though. Like <laughs> no. that's legit. Like natural like conversation. That's what we want. Yeah. Yeah. I like yep, that. Yep. Mac, what is your number three video game? Okay, so it's a little indie game that I don't think you guys have heard of. Uh, it released this year. Uh, it's called Tears of the Kingdom. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. I have I've just never heard of this one. Never. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just the perfect open world game. I don't know what to say. Uh, I've never played a game for 140 hours or 130 hours. And never been bored once. There's not a single moment where I was like, "Ah, oh, this is a slog," or "I don't want to do this." Doesn't be Baldur's it Gate. It was though. just, oh my, you're right. Baldur's Gate will win Game of the Year, but you know, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, yeah, no, I get you. This this game is like so special. The exploration. Uh, I don't really know how to describe it, and uh, maybe my bias as like a Zelda fan kicked in, but like all the nods to Zelda throughout the game was just so rewarding like when i'd be in the depths i'd be you know fighting these incredibly difficult enemies my health would be draining but then i'd find like a chest and i'd get like i'd get like midna's helmet from like twilight princess or i'd get like majora's mask and i'd be like oh my god that is so awesome that is epic and it, it it's just the perfect it's the perfect zelda game it's the perfect adventure game the puzzle solving in it is really just like nothing that's ever been done before. I don't think I've ever played a puzzle game where you have like so many options for each puzzle and you can like solve them in the goofiest, stupidest ways. And every time I figured out a puzzle, like the way it wasn't meant to be solved, I just had the biggest smile on my face. I felt so good. True, true. You're like cheating your way through the game, kinda, but the game also wants you to do that, and that I do really like yes. that. I played it as well. Incentivizes that. Yeah. No, but I do agree. Like, uh, Tears of the Kingdom is a really good game, even though it's not really my type of game necessarily. Like, I didn't put 140 hours into it, I'm pretty sure it was more like 40 to 50 or something. And I didn't enjoy everything about it. Like, I didn't like the depths that much. But I did finish that game. I was like, yeah, this is a really good game. And I do think mm-hmm. that it deserves all the praise that it gets. Well, with Breath of the Wild, I was kind of like, is the game that good, though? Like, everyone is praising it. Like, the yeah, second me too. Christ. 
I was like, it was good, but not that good. Well, with Tears of the Kingdom, I can see that it deserves all the praise that it's getting. Yeah, I really didn't like the weapon durability in Breath of the Wild, but in Tears of the Kingdom, I think they fixed that with the fuse mechanic. Because you can even turn a really shitty item into something uh, like viable. Yeah. And that, that was awesome. Yeah, I will say, also, as uh, a... Uh, oh, say? As a non-Nintendo like fan, I don't re- I'm not really in that like circle of games. Um... Like, watching people and watching you play Breath of the Wild, it looks way more interesting to me than Breath of the Wild. I'm sorry, you playing Tears of the Kingdom and people playing Tears of the Kingdom looks more interesting than Breath of the Wild. To me. As somebody who has not played either, the last Legend of Zelda that I, I think I actually beat was probably Twilight Princess or Wind Waker or something back then. Um... Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it is definitely a special game. It looks like a lot of fun. And I almost like wanted to buy the games so I could experience those. But uh, that never ended up happening. But yeah, no, I agree. I think it is a very special game. Even like yeah, I'm, as somebody uh, who isn't into Zelda, like even I can see that. I uh, famously don't like talking about the game, though, because it feels like whenever I bring it up, the discussion switches to how it's overrated. Or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, online, yeah. Tears of the Kingdom is starting to become a very hated game for some reason. Uh, it's uh, it's always like that. When things get popular, there's always people try yeah. to find dozens of reasons to hate on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like the game definitely has some problems with it, and it does deserve some criticism. But I feel like a lot of the praise is well deserved, and it doesn't need people going like, "Oh, this is overrated. It's actually shit." Like, oh, that's just the internet, I guess. Yeah, the more important thing is, as long as it's fun, guys. As long as the video game is fun, that makes it a good video game. No, it's it's fun, and the side content is so good. Like, uh, doing the shrines was great, of course, but also like the side quest caught me off guard. There's one uh with a character called Hudson in uh in a town I didn't even visit in Breath of the Wild, so I had like no context for it. But you do like his side quest, and uh, he's a father of uh, this child who has to go away from home because it's in their culture to return to the like Gerudo town at a certain age, and they have to grow up there. And uh, you just kind of see this father coping with uh, the fact that their child is going to be leaving home soon, and uh, how he kind of just wants them to remember him as a good father. And, you know, I obviously don't have kids or anything, but that that just really hit me in a spot I didn't know it, it could. And that was just a piece of side content, like a random quest from a goofy-looking guy yeah, that most with, like, a mustache do. that most people won't do. And the fact that I just found, like, a hidden gem like that in this big open world felt really special. Yeah, it's really cool when an open world game has, like, some really special content that feels like it was so, like, detailed detailed made and like with so much love made and it's just like oh i could have also just not gone there and completely missed it yeah it's also really cool it makes everything worth exploring okay i guess that was number three that was tears of the kingdom and why it's not boring to me huh number two yep number twos baby let's go okay we're talking about forespoken yet yeah, well, so my number two is actually, uh, it actually follows up on the whole open world. It is oh. Fallout New Vegas. 
Bone oh, Vegas is my okay. number two video game of all time. Uh, created by Obsidian. They did uh, Outer... What is it? Outer Wilds? Right? I think. Yeah. Is it Outer yeah, Lands? I don't know. There's two games no, that are called Outter Wilds, Outer Lands, so I, I confuse them all the time. Worlds, maybe? <laughs> and they're making another game that I cannot remember. Um, but yeah, Fall New Vegas is just an absolute masterpiece. It has that that quest that you mentioned, Mac, it has stuff like that riddled throughout the game. Just little beats, yeah, little tiny bits of dialogue and story and lore that like you would completely miss on a regular playthrough, but it's it goes so into detail sometimes it's insane. And the the story, you know, the politics uh involving the major factions because that's what the game is about. It's about politics. Um you know, it's just like oh, okay. each faction is like there's not just one faction that's the good guy and then one faction that's the bad guy. They all have their ups and downs. You know, they're all gray. You know what I mean? So it's really just, it kind of creates the divide. And then people who get into debates regarding factions, I've witnessed like actual like, like <laughs> debates about Fall of New Vegas factions. Like in okay, between two people. That's crazy. But that's just how like detailed like each faction is. Like each faction is so realistic. You know, there's not just one like good all, like, yeah, these are the good guys, you know? And it's like you just root for them and no one else. Like even, like it's just I don't know. That's the best part of it Sounds is cool. the the politics and the faction and the game itself is just so fun. It's very enjoyable. It's it's shown as age for sure, especially in its graphics. It is not the best looking game, but uh, you know I don't mind it. It's a very funny game. If you've played any Bethesda title, you know they got ragdoll physics. You can blow people <laughs> up. It's funny. So even if you yeah, wanna... my brother used to be super into that game, uh, and I would always watch him, and I'd be like, "This looks crazy." He'd be like fighting, like aliens with a blaster or something. Mm-hmm. He'd find them in the desert, and uh, just like all the different quest lines with the NPCs that you can have very detailed conversations with. Yeah. Like the the conversation trees in that game are probably some of the best I've ever seen. Like, they actually have dialogue options that offer you, like different answers you know mm-hmm. not like fallout 4 where it's like yes no or sarcastic <laughs> like okay oh man i can't wait for starfield to have the best dialogue options of all time yeah i'm i'm not fallout new vegas and skyrim uh fallout new vegas isn't bethesda but still fallout ip but skyrim is another huge game for me but i just i don't know I don't really p- play Bethesda games that much anymore. Ever since Fallout 76, I kind of just gave up hope that Bethesda would ever yeah. make a good game. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's just still waiting for uh, Elder Scrolls 6. I don't think it's going to top what the fuck the modding community can do to a Sky- old Skyrim, but, you know, whatever. I need to send you a trailer for a fan mod of New Vegas where it's like New Mexico instead. Mm, I think I saw It's pretty insane. I saw something where people were re- remaking Fallout New Vegas in Fallout 4. Like yes, that oh, too. That was, all time. That yeah. was I watched that they had a trailer yeah, for that. Fans are crazy. Yeah. Fans are putting yeah. in more work than actual Bethesda. I need to play Bethesda more takes like 10 years for every game, so <laughs> I need to play more Obsidian still... games. We still only have a screensaver for Elder Scrolls Six. Yep. 
<laughs> What's that new game that's coming out that Obsidian's making? It's like it starts with an A, like Averon or something. Oh, oh yeah, Vol the Elder Scrolls Vol inspired one, right? The, from the, what, isn't that Avowed or something? Avowed, I think that's it. Avowed. Yes. Yeah, Avowed. That game looks uh, interesting. That's another. It looks like it's a open world RPG. Yeah. So. I'm wondering we've if... seen that much of it, but it does sound. We've seen cool. some like footage, yeah, like gameplay, uh, and they talked about the the lore. Apparently, it's a sequel. Uh, I've never oh, heard of Avowed yeah. before. It uh, yeah, it's either like a sequel or it takes place in the same else. same universe as another game series that they've done. I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, it's connected. I've to heard about that. Yeah, I don't know. It uh looks interesting and. If Obsidian can do good writing in Fallout New Vegas, then maybe I should check it out. Because, yeah, the dialogue is in that game is really good. Another game that has a yeah. good dialogue is Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate 3. I know it's like D&D, &D, but... Yeah. Well, we can talk yes, about that uh, after. Let's talk about Arkery's number two video game. True. My number two video game is Persona 3. And just saying Persona 3 oh. and not choosing a version, because I don't want to choose a version. Number but, 2. Number 2. Yes. But, I don't know, I just really like Persona 3. I know that has a lot of problems with the gameplay and the structure, and people don't like Tartarus, but I don't mind Tartarus, and even besides for that, I really like the story, I really love the characters, the music as well, I think... Every single element besides for gameplay is probably my favorite in the Persona series. I just really like the game. I don't know, ever since I played it, it's been a very special game to me. Who's the best uh, character in that game, do you think, in general? I guess. I guess. I, I guess. I guess. I guess. I guess. Okay, awesome. Uh, I think it's clearly Junpei. I mean, Junpei is the best character in all of Persona, in my opinion. It's just like. He's perfect to me. And I really like that he has like he has like a romance outside of the social links and shit. And that's cool. They haven't really done that again. Yeah, I like in Persona 3 that a lot of the character's story happens during like the main game and it's not just put in a social link. Because in the other games it's often like, oh, their chapter is over and they don't do anything outside of their social links. So yeah, they're just chilling over there. Well, Junpei and other characters in Persona 3 actually have something to do, and it influences the plot and stuff. I really like that about it. Funny story about Persona 3. Uh, I played it originally on the PS2 hardware, the Fez version, and uh, it took me about a year of on and off play to beat the final boss. Uh, for some <laughs> reason, I... Oh my God. Only the final boss. I refused to grind for some reason. I still don't know why. I guess I just was sick of Tartarus. So about once a week, or maybe sometimes even more often, I would boot up my PS2, I'd fight the final boss, I'd get charmed at the last phase, I'd turn it off, and I'd do something else. <laughs> uh, and I just kept that cycle up for like almost a year before I actually beat him. And then, you know, I, I was crying because of the victory, and then I was crying because of the ending. A lot of tears that day. Yeah, good game. Trevor play Portable? I tried play? to play a portable. I dropped it. I remembered yeah. how bad Tartarus was, and I didn't feel motivated. 
I'm hoping mm-hmm. Reloaded will rekindle my love for Persona 3. But Portable is not the way to go. Yeah, I think both versions have their downsides and their upsides. So I don't know. I can't really choose one that I enjoy more over the other. It's weird too because I prefer the combat in Portable significantly, but there's just something about it. I was just so bored going through Tartarus and like, I don't know. And Tartarus did not change, I'm pretty sure, between Fess and Portable, so. If Tartarus yeah. was like taking it, that is kind of weird. But I guess you were like replaying it. So you were like, oh, yeah, I think it was because I was replaying it. You know, I was doing the FEMC route. Uh, I was hoping it was more different than it actually was, but it felt very samey up to the point I was at. And uh, I know the social links are really good in the FEMC route, but they aren't at the beginning. Uh, so I was just kind of bored overall. And I was like, yeah, this is like an 80 hour long game. I'm good. Yeah, especially with the remake coming out. Yeah, then the so, remake announcement came, and I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't have that much more to say about Persona 3. Like, I'm pretty sure half of my channel is about Persona 3, so... Yeah, if you guys yeah. want more Persona 3 content, there's he's like the... four hours. Yeah, he's the Persona 3 oh. guy. Oh, is it my number two now? Okay, okay. Yeah. So my number two is... Uh... Bandai Namco's masterpiece, Tales of Arise. Uh, it is such an awesome game. And it really caught me off guard because uh, when I started the game, I'd only played like two other Tales games. I played like Tales of Fantasia and Tales of Vesperia. Vesperia is awesome. That's one of my favorite games too. Uh, so, you know, I was getting into Arise, but the first part of the game just really didn't capture me much. Uh, so I remember getting to like the boss there and just, uh, not playing it for like a good few months when I got to that part. Uh, then, you know, one day I'm like, oh yeah, Tales of Arise, that's a game. I should keep playing that. And, uh, I kept playing it. I got to the snowy area after the first boss and, uh, the whole Ganabel arc happened and I was sold on it from there on out. And uh, the plot is just really interesting in how it's structured because it's really good at catching you off guard with like uh, setting up a formula and then just completely doing something opposite of the formula. Uh, And I really liked how they kept scaling that up from next area to next area with with just you can never predict what's going to happen in the next one. It was incredible how they did that. My main thing I love about the game, though, is just the gameplay itself, because uh, I really don't think there's been any combat system that gives me an adrenaline rush like Tales of Arise. I, uh, I played Law as my main character as soon as I unlocked him, and his whole thing is you got to get the longest combo possible, because the longer his combo is, the more damage he does. So trying to keep up my combo while dodging attacks and just like unleashing all these crazy specials it it's exhilarating. That's the only way I could put it as. It's so hype. Yeah, the combat is uh, really good. That's yeah, and as, as Motoi Sakuraba on the composer, is composer for the game, and I think he is one of the best video game po- composers of all time. He's done all the Tales games. He did uh, Dark Souls 1. He did Star Ocean. Same, same guy, all the same guy. Yes, oh, he did the he did Golden Sun, Bon Kaidos. Like, he's done so many games with just great iconic soundtracks. 
And the Tales of Rice he spared no expense. He went in hard on this game. Like, uh, I remember the first piece of promotional material I ever saw for the game was a uh, girl in a Shion cosplay just playing the violin. It was like on a, one of Jeff Keighley's shows or whatever. And she just went up on stage and she played uh, the violin for one of the battle themes. And I was just like, holy shit, this game is going to be awesome. And I was right. It was awesome. Wow, I know you are created. You made a video, right? You are created a perfect video on it, yeah. Perfect video, even. Thank you. But yeah, I you made me play the game. And mm -hmm. I also just really love the... And it's, also really interesting that you like dropped it after the first arc and then picked it up again because it's like you said with the formula after the first arc you're like oh okay i get what this game is gonna do so i kind of get that you were like oh kind of taking a break from it because you kind of have the expectation of the next arc is just gonna do the same thing again but every time the game does just take you off guard and i also really love that about it yeah no it's awesome everything from like collecting the owls for the costumes uh just finding out more about these incredible characters. Uh, all the little hidden scenes, too. Like, uh, when I found the hot spring scene, that was amazing. <laughs> uh, all the secret bosses. I haven't done the post-game content because I want to play the other Tales games because I know other characters show up. Um, yeah. But the other optional bosses I did, like this giant bird at the top of this tower, and then you, like, jump off the tower and you're fighting, like, on his back. That it's just like insane. awesome. I don't yeah, know why that boss was not in the main story, or like <laughs> one or two wise. I'm surprised that that wasn't in the main story. But that's with a lot of that game. I feel like like every single thing is really well crafted. It all feels like it's worth experiencing just as much as the main stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's awesome. Okay. okay. Standard. Is it time for the big number my one. number one video game? Oh this one's God. pretty Watch obvious. Mojo, number one. This one is gonna be very obvious. I actually don't know what it is. My number I don't one. Don't know now, but I feel like when you say it, I'll know. What do you think it is? What do you think my number one is? Forspoken. It's not. For, shut up! It's not forspoken. <laughs> Sorry. Like, probably either a game I've never heard of, or it's oh, like Jet Set Radio, Killer Seven, or something. <laughs> My number one video game is Kingdom Hearts 2. What? That's right. Yeah. Number one. Deadass. My number one is Kingdom Hearts 2. I feel like you never talk about Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> I don't talk about it, but it means so much to me. So, okay. it's, I played it very young when I was a young boy coming home from school. You know, I remember distinctly my mom playing, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, she was at the, the Roxas Nobody part, where you have to glide around the dusk in front of the mansion. Oh, is that where dusk comes from? Yeah, I told you that before. Oh. But, um... Yeah, so I remember just the exact moment, and then she asked me if I wanted to play, and then I started playing. Um, and just experiencing the whole Roxas prologue, you know, the part where you fight the big nobody in, you know, yes. in Sora's heart, that just fucking... The boss design, the crazy flips and shit, all that, everything was happening, that just blew my mind as a kid. So now, like, playing that game, like, just so much, it has affected, like, my 90% of my imagination, you know, and that how is I... one of my favorite prologues for a game of all time. It's yeah, amazing. I think that's incredibly yeah. underrated. 
Uh, um, the Axel fight, too? Oh, my God. Yeah, so Kingdom Hearts 2 has changed me in such a way, you know, it can never go back, and I really appreciate it because, you know, I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't play that game. So it just it means a lot to me personally. And it's also just a really fucking good game. Like, the combat is amazing. You know, the story mm-hmm. is pretty good. You know, it's just it's just a great game. But yeah, that's my. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's one. easily the best Kingdom Hearts. Oh yeah, true. I'm. A, yeah, I'm just. I'm just one of the biggest Kingdom Hearts fans. You know. You said true archery. Are you sure about that? Yes, I am. Because recently yeah. I've had the realization that I do like it more than three. Because oh, I don't yeah. know what, when I played. Okay, well, I guess I should give some context. For a really long time, I was said that Kingdom Hearts 3 was my favorite, because I played it, like, a while after it came out, so I played 3 and the DLC back-to-back, and I really, really loved it. And in my mind, that was uh, my favorite Kingdom Hearts, but lately, I've been thinking a lot about it, because I made that top 50 list, and everyone was like, what the fuck are you saying, Kingdom Hearts 3 is better? <laughs> but because I played all the games back-to-back, a lot of them kind of, like merged together yep. and I was like oh yeah I really like Kingdom Hearts 2 but I also really like the other games but then I was thinking about like oh this is one of my favorite moments that happens in one of those games and it's like oh that's 2 and that moment is also 2 and that moment is also a 2 yep. so I don't know it just all merged together but now that I think about every separate moment most of my favorite moments are from 2 you should replay 2 I should mm. replay too. I really want to, especially yeah. before four comes out. I want to play at least the main games again. Just I feel like we could dedicate an again. entire episode to Kingdom Hearts three. I have just I have such strong opinions on that game. Strong, violent, yeah, bloody opinions. No, I <laughs> I I do view that game negatively. I didn't at first, but I do view it negatively now. Um, that's a topic for that, another day, mm-hmm. though. Let's talk about Arcree's number one. My number one. Your number one. Neo to worlds and you. I thought you were gonna say Neo two. Neo two. I get I thought you were about to say Neo two. Team Ninja, best game <laughs> ever made. Incredible. <laughs> wow, the world. I didn't think Dude. I knew you liked Neo. The world ends with you, but I didn't think you liked it that much. Neo is, it's so, like, it's such a special game, because, like, usually, when I'm playing a game, and I'm playing through it, and I'm like, yeah, okay, this game is really, really good, like, top 20, top 30, or whatever, but there's always that one moment, usually near the end of a game, or even thinking back on it, that's like, you know what, that game is special to me, and it's, like, above the other ones. But in the older ones with you, instead of having it really late, I had it in, like, already in the first half of the game. That game had so many moments throughout the whole thing that made me go, how is this game this good? It should not be this good. (laughs) It's, I don't know, it's so... The gameplay is a lot of fun. It's a really creative battle system. I don't think there's another battle system like it. No, nothing. The story and the characters as well. Like I can't really say a lot about the story of Neo because everything is a spoiler in that game, basically. (laughs) But it's that's such a great way of having a new game kind of stand on its own with its new characters, but also calling back to the first game in really great ways. And while the first game has a lot of problems, gameplay-wise especially, those characters are also really special to me. 
and then this game as well with some of the callbacks that they do. All of the new characters are also fantastic. I think then the other Rollins for you as like my favorite characters in anything. And that's like what I value a lot in games, just like the characters. Because if the characters mm-hmm. connect me and if they stick with me, I'm gonna enjoy a game so much more. So that's yeah, why it's so hard. Neil Worldlands with you is in my like top fifteen, top ten, maybe even. And uh it's exactly what you said. The characters are just unmatched in that game. They're I don't think I've played many games with characters that strong. Uh and also it just caught me off guard because uh, I am not a fan of World Ends with You One. I think it has a very bad combat system. And while I think its story is definitely good and the music is great. Uh, I just don't think it makes up for how boring and unfun the gameplay is. Um, yeah, the gameplay is very divisive. So. Yeah. But Neo was just so good. And I remember uh, me telling you guys that, like, I'm like, oh my god, guys, this is, like, one of the top ten games I've ever played. I can't believe how good they made it. The banger game. And you were interested, but everyone else was like, "Oh yeah, you say that about every game." And then you played it, and you're like, "No guys, no guys, this is this is one of the True. best games ever made." <laughs> I uh, yeah, I'm surprised I even liked it so much too because I I fucked up early on. Uh, I didn't do any leveling with the food items because I thought they were temporary buffs, and I made the game really hard on myself. No, I really I, liked it, but it's like you said, you did give me really high expectations for it, which is why I'm even more surprised that I enjoyed it so much. Because usually when you have like really high expectations, it's like that game is not gonna reach my expectations. I literally like you said it was good, so I played the first game and I really really liked the story. So I was like the second game I was literally expecting like one of the best games I ever played, but I was also really scared because I was like there's no way that this game is gonna match my expectations. But it went beyond them and that's why I just really love it and it instantly became my favorite game of all time. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, I should play it. You should play. If I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan, I'll probably enjoy it, right? It's very Nomura. Yes, Mm -hmm. it is his baby. (laughs) I'll have to check it out then. Yeah, I really hope Square Enix doesn't cancel the series because it unfortunately did not sell that well. I don't think. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I feel like we'll never know if if they ever do another game. It's probably gonna come out of fucking nowhere. We may not know when there is a sequel, but we will know what Mac's number one video game title is right now. Oh, is that like a segue? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, Okay, so this is going to be like a 15-minute segment in the podcast you're going to see right now if you go to like the chapters. Uh, That's fine. Number one game We're going for an hour, right? I don't think we have time. Yeah, whenever we finish this topic, pretty much. Okay. Number one of all time, Dragon Quest XI S. Specifically S, the original version had a really bad soundtrack. So I don't consider that the uh, definitive edition. But S has the orchestral soundtrack, which is perfect. This game is so good. I do not know how they even made it this good. Uh, We're talking like just a a storyline that will consistently blow your mind especially if you're actually familiar with Dragon Quest. Because what this game likes to do is it like heard all the criticism from past games like, oh, Dragon Quest is generic. It's just about a hero saving the world. And they're like, okay, 
we're just gonna we're just gonna shatter your expectations constantly. Like we're gonna take every trope and we're just gonna put a spin on it. And so as you're playing, you're just seeing like like you think you know what's going on and then you just absolutely do not and it hits you like a truck. And the game is constantly just throwing these incredibly like powerful scenes at you, like of just like emotion, raw emotion. Like uh anyone who's played the game knows the mermaid scene. And uh I think that's when a lot of people will first realize like, holy shit. I'm playing an incredible game right now. And uh, I'm really glad that I'm not alone in this because Dragon Quest XI has proven to be one of the best-selling JRPGs recently. Um, it just... Uh, it even outsold, like, Persona 5, I think, which is crazy to think about. Uh, it's, like, c consistently on the top list when you look at best RPGs of all time. And it ap absolutely deserves it. Like, the art style, the characters, the... It is some of the best turn-based combat you'll ever play. The character building, it is just the ultimate RPG. And uh, yeah, it's my favorite game of all time. It even has an uh, entire 2D remake uh, included with the game. So if you really like Super Nintendo games, you could just play the entire game like it's a Super Nintendo game. And I could only imagine that took thousands of hours to make like that's not something you just add into the game it's like a goofy silly thing no that's an entire game they added with the game and you just play it like that yeah I... from what i've seen it's like this whole <laughs> second game like two game in the one it's an it's i can't believe they did that like it's such a labor of love that entire game yeah from what, what were you gonna played, say Dust? uh from what i've played uh i didn't get too far into it but from what i did play i enjoyed it was a very the gameplay. I like the gameplay a lot. <clears throat> it's very nice, simple, uh, turn-based. I'm sure it gets more layers as you play through the game. But I did enjoy it uh, right from the start. A lot of for me, a lot of turn-based RPGs are very slow, and they kind of struggle to keep my attention at the beginning until like the main games, like the main mechanic of that game comes in, and then it's like okay. Now, you know, the gameplay is different. It's more complex, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, <clears throat> Yakuza Like a Dragon. I wasn't really on board with that oh. uh, gameplay right out of the gate. But then as it adds the party members and the jobs and it gets harder, uh, it's now a very enjoyable game. But I digress. Dragon Quest. Yeah. From what I played, it's really good. And the story is pretty good. Like when you said, you know, twists happen and shit happens that you don't expect it to, you know. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about because it happened to me. Yep. Play that game. Considering that every, almost every game that Mac recommends me turns out to be like top 20 or something. Yeah. I'll probably play it at some point. I'm just not a big Dude. Dragon Quest fan, so I just kind of, I didn't really continue it afterwards. You don't, you don't like Akira Toriyama, if I remember, right? I just, it's the art style for me. It's not like I don't like him, yeah. I'm just not a fan of that art style. Um,. Okay. I've gotten more used to it. Like, I'm kind of interested in, like, Dragon Ball, like, watching Dragon Ball. So I think I just need to warm up to it more. But it's, I don't know. It's just, that's kind of why I, I've dropped Dragon Quest and, like, any other Akira, Akira Toriyama games with, like, the same art style. I don't know. It's just hard, like, for me to, I don't know, get into it. Like, I had that same problem with uh, JoJo. 
I couldn't get into JoJo at first because of the art style. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, that's one of my favorite, one of my favorite series ever. So maybe I just, I just gotta suck it up, play it. Yeah, no, it's it's an incredible game, and uh, sometimes uh, I like going into the comment sections of the especially emotional scenes, and uh, just reading the comments of everyone like, "Oh my God, guys, did you cry for two hours or three hours?" <laughs> And just like, yeah, no, I do that because shit too. it is genuinely the most emotional uh, media experience I think I have ever had. Um, there, the game will just get you so attached to the characters, and then certain things will happen that just, just are insane. I, I dare not spoil it, but the game's storyline is absolutely unmatched. It is very good. As well as it just being a fun RPG, like, uh, for example, your main character, he can dual wield swords, he can use a sword and shield, or he can just use a big great sword, and all three of those play, like, completely differently. And there's even, like, really weird builds you can do, like, uh, there's a thief called Eric, and he's actually, like, straight up the best character in the game, because he can split into, like, three forms at once. And uh, if you poison an enemy, you can use an attack that does extra damage when they're poisoned. And if he hits them with that, you can like just one shot most bosses. It's kind of crazy the setups you can do. Cool. It's uh, it's very cool. deep. It's yeah, very deep. That sounds cool. I love Dragon Quest Eleven and the charm. The charm is just so incredible. Like every enemy you see, you're gonna be like, oh my god, what is that thing? And it's gonna be like a boar with like a wizard hat. Yeah. Or like uh, or even like crazy shit like a giant killer robot. And then there's like a lot of enemies that when you beat them, you can mount them as well. So you'll just, you can ride like a saber tooth cat through a field or fly a dragon around an island to get like hidden items. There's like a ton of costumes cool. too. It's just like, like I said, it's the ultimate RPG experience, like medieval RPG. This is its ultimate form. Uh, and I'm very excited to see what 12 has in store if that ever comes out. Yeah, wasn't twelve gonna be very different from what I heard? Twelve like different things or something. Is apparently going to be a darker Dragon Quest, so I'm really interested Ooh. how they handle that. Eleven is a dark game at times, but I wouldn't say that the theme is overall dark. It uh, mm -hmm. it is very lighthearted. Like there's this one town called oh, I don't remember the name of the town, but it's like a hot springs town, right? And everyone speaks in haiku poems. Like, every single line of dialogue with every NPC is a poem. And that's just something they did because, why not? It's funny. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Every town is just so beautiful, and they all have a gimmick to it. Yeah, there's just... It's, it's an incredible amount of effort they put into that game. Just a complete labor of love. You could tell every single person working on it was having the time of their lives making it. And uh, I was having the time of my life playing it. I've beaten it three times, uh, once in 2D mode, once in the original version, and once in the Switch version in 3D mode. And every time it was just as fun as the last because I got to try different builds. I found things I didn't know existed. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's just a great, great time overall. I love that game. What a Isn't wholesome like... review. <laughs> Isn't it also like 100 hours long or something? Because uh, you don't replay depends. games often, so if you're replaying a hundred-hour game like three times, yeah, yeah. So it depends. Um, 
I always play on hard mode. It, oh, this is something else I haven't spoken about. It has some of the most unique difficulty settings I've ever seen. They're called the Draconian Quests. So there's like a list of quests you can do at the beginning of the game. And uh, one of them is just like, and all enemies are strong, you know. But another one is like, you can never equip armor. Or like, uh, you can never use healing items. To even like really weird things. Like, the NPCs will lie to you about what to do. That's an option. <laughs> yeah, I remember, the, so I remember you, can, you telling me about that. I was very interested. You can make the game like demonically evil if you want. But usually I just turn on hard enemies because that makes it more fun, in my opinion. Yeah, so if you play on hard, it will definitely take you upwards of 100 hours. It can take you upwards of like 150 if, you do, if you're doing all the optional content. Because the mm -hmm. post-game is so massive in the Switch version. They added something called Tickington. And Tickington is... Uh, it, it takes the game into the retro style, right? You can only play it in the retro style. And it has your replay segments from every single Dragon Quest game ever. Oh. Uh, cool. And then you have to fight like all the final bosses from every Dragon Quest. And it is... It's the hardest thing in the game, but it's also just an incredible nostalgia trip if you played any of them. Yeah, it's kind of like Sounds a love awesome. letter to the other games as well, then. Mm -hmm. cool. And and there's, like, unique dialogue for your party in every scenario that, like, calls back to the games. Like, for example, in 5, one of the gimmicks is uh, you get married at some point. And for the 5 segment in Tickington, you have to marry one of your party members. And they all have, like, unique dialogue if you choose them. Uh, you can even choose your grandpa, which is a little weird, but, you know, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> It's just such a charming game, there. like I said. Haha, <laughs> the funny incest. Um, oh! Editors yeah, cut no, that. I, editor cut that, yeah. We definitely <laughs> have an editor. Yeah, I, I'm the editor, I'll no. cut that. All right. Yeah, so I hope I've convinced our listeners to give Dragon Quest XI a try Oops, if they haven't. I hope you, uh, you did as well. So, mm -hmm. we've been recording for well, over an hour. You guys want to keep going or you want to wrap it up? We can wrap it up. I guess it's it up. An hour's fine. Yeah. Um, I guess we can plug all our shit. Okay. Uh, we'll start with you, Juno. Okay. Um, on screen, you can see my at. This is for basically everything. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, my backlogged, uh, Annie list, you know, you name it. This is where you can find me. Yeah, like I said, I'm working on a neon white video. It's going to come out. I have no idea. Um... So yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Hell yeah. Uh, for me, the same, I guess. My stuff should also be on screen. You can also find me anywhere with that on my YouTube, where this is also uploaded. Uh, my Twitter, my backlog, analyst, basically anything that Juno said. Uh, for me, on my channel, I'm working on a One Piece tier list video, which should be out either already or very, very soon. And since I'm going to Gamescom, whenever that happens, I'll probably make some videos on that as well. So yeah, I guess that's basically it for me. Okay, uh, I don't know if my stuff is on screen. You can find me on X no, I... at uh, It's a Mac. Uh, I-T-S-S-A-M-A-C. I am shadow banned by Elon. So you're going to have to type that in specifically and look <laughs> we'll me up. The, in the description as well. So Yeah, yeah everyone, they can see it on screen. It'll be in the description. It'll be in the description. Um... There, I kind of just post, you know, kind of memes, hot takes, uh, my opinion on things. There's also my Instagram, which is where I post all my art. Uh, there's my Imgur, which has a comic I'm working on. 
and uh, yeah, my YouTube will be linked too. Hopefully, by the time this is up, my first video will be up, my first serious video. Uh, before I used to just make memes, which feel free to watch those. They're kind of cringe. I'm warning you. So uh, I hope you'll check some of that out. Okay. So wow. I guess that was basically it for this episode of the Jamcast. 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 And then it's like like a radio show, like a woman gets hit by a car sound effect, and then fucking like clown, glass shattering, dogs barking. Jamcast. Yeah, that. So that's what Once we have the budget, we'll do all that. Bye. One day. But yes, goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Jawadi, though.